Blackadder is advancing perfection with every new shovel. Didn't think it was possible? Then head over to the website and check out all the shovels made specifically for metal detecting. www.blackada.com See their amazingly affordable shovels for yourself. A family-run UK business that takes perfection to a new level. Blackadder. Just sit a while, take a load off your feet Think about all the good folk you meet Why not invite everyone on the street To go detection adventure Let's go detection Adventure. Ladies and gentlemen, you've bumped into the Global Detection Adventures podcast. Uh, unfortunately, Dave is sitting in the stadiums in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and he's watching the Green Bay Packers. As far as him coming onto the show, uh, that's not going to be happening. And unfortunately, Mike needs to go in for surgery tomorrow. He wants me to give a big hello to every single one of you. Um, he's just going in for routine surgery. Nothing big whatsoever. Uh, he'll be back as soon as he can, but until then, you guys are stuck with little old me. I want to go ahead and take us out, and uh, I'm going to bring in a guy named Scott Dubay. He's talking about the G, um, excuse me, he wants to talk about the MAS 13.5-inch coil that's come out recently uh, for the Garrett metal detectors, and I think you guys are going to really love what he has to say. Maybe we'll be bringing in a couple other people. We will find out. Uh, but for right now, let's listen to exactly what Scott Dubay has to say. Hi, everyone. This is Scott Dubay from the Garrett Ace Metal Detectorist Facebook page. Um, I've been using the Garrett Ace models for a very long time, as well as uh, Hunter's Kimmy Dubay. Um, and we, we've had the opportunity to um, receive a little testing coil from Raketons. It's called the Moss Coil. It's a 13-inch double D. It's it's very similar to the Tornado, but uh, there's some great differences here. Uh, this this coil, I've weighed them. It's 280 grams less than the Tornado. Uh, and if you all know, swinging a big double D coil all day will really give you a workout on your arm. This really makes the difference. Um, we've done depth tests on the Garrett H250 and the 400. Uh, with the stock coils on both, uh, the stock coil on the 250, the double D coil on the 400i. We've also, uh, we both have hunter coils, uh, now hunter coils. We've put those on the 250 and the 400 as well. We've done depth tests with that. Uh, and then we put this, this Moss 13-inch double D on there. And I tell you what, it's mind-boggling. It, it blows it all away. It really does. It's a fantastic coil. Um I wouldn't put my name behind anything unless I've tested it and I've seen it with my own eyes, and, and I do thoroughly endorse this coil. Um, but right now it's at Raytons. Uh, Rayton, uh, it's not on their website right now, I don't think, um, and it's definitely not in their catalog yet, but you can definitely order it right now if you give them a call. Um, it's at an introductory price. It's brand new on the market. It's fresh from the factory. That's how new it is. Um, you get, get a hold of them. Give them a call. Uh, and you can place your order form. I think they're in stock now. Uh, but the price goes up from ninety nine ninety five to, I think it's another 25, 30 pounds uh, at the end of December. So now's the time to definitely get this coil. Uh, it's fantastic. I, I was testing out a, uh, 
a nice silver half crown. That was my, my testing item. And it, it was definitely banging this coin at about 16 to 18 inches uh, without a problem. Uh, the 250, it was given a single ding on, on, a, on a one side of the swing, but not on the back. But the 400i was nailing it without a problem. So there you go. That is my uh, my decision on this coil. I, I'm going to give it the thumbs up. And, uh, yeah, I hope I hope you guys uh, check it out. And I'll definitely give Rayton a call. Uh, you can either mention uh, the UK Dirtfish, Dirtfishing page or the Garrett Ace Metal Detecting page, just as a reference. Just tell them where, where you heard about it. Uh, or from this podcast, of course, or, um, or RC Tech Magazine, of course. And thank you guys very much for, for having me today. And take care. Happy hunting, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody that heads over to the Rekton website, make sure that you mention that GDA sent you to them. And if you subscribe to us on, YouTube, on iTunes, make sure you please, please, we can't say this enough, leave us a rating and a review on there. It only takes a couple minutes. Just say, great show, love it, whatever. Give us five stars, four stars. Heck, give us one star and, uh, you know, curse us out. Whatever it takes. The more votes we get, the more people leaving messages and leaving reviews on there, the higher we start ranking in the iTunes um, settings. And that's what we want to do. We just want to get more people to actually come and listen to us. And we can't do that unless we have your help. And so we greatly appreciate anybody that's come in and and does that. And anybody who leaves a comment or a review on iTunes, we will mention you directly on one of the podcasts. Helping hundreds of people annoy their families while driving in a car. This is the GDA Radio Podcast. Dave D here from the Global Detection Adventure Podcast. You know, I don't know about you, but I've always been looking for the next innovation that can assist me in the field while digging. So when I was asked to try Stephen Padley's Draper Shovel Hook, well, I just had to give it a go. You know, I've been detecting three years now, and I've always carried my shovel in my non-detecting hand. Well, those days are over. I'm going to give the Stephen Padley Draper Shovel Hook five out of five Global Detection Adventure stars. So where are you going to find this Draper Shovel Hook? Well, that's the easy part. All you got to do is go to eBay, you type in Draper Shovel Hook, and bam, you're in. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be glad you did. It's a total thumbs up for me. You hearing me, Wayne? How's everything going with you? Everything in Colorado is just going awesome at this time. And Watts has teamed up with the Pomerankies. If you don't know who the Pomerankies are, they're the ones who have the Bering Sea Gold Show up in Nome, Alaska. They're running the big dredges and big TV hit show. Every week it comes on and... Pomerankies has teamed up with Watts, and we have a special offer. If you sign up for, if you sign up today, you can get our special offer at eighty-five dollars. It gives you a Pomeranke gold-plated coin from their actual mine up in Nome, Alaska. Wow! For eighty-five dollars, and it includes a three-year membership for Watts. Oh wow! That's fantastic. And we're extending the offer for today. Today's the third of the month. And we're extending the offer if you want to get that. Otherwise, the coin's going to cost you $99 
for just the coin plus shipping and handling and all that. Mm. And the coin regularly sells for $136. Oh, wow. So that's a heck of a deal, plus a three-year membership to Watts and everything. Right. And we have a lot of things coming up. Um, We're going to have a big treasure show in Durango, Colorado in April. And looks like the Pomerankees will be showing up for that. And we're right now we're working on a $25,000 metal detecting hunt here in the United States. Somebody could win up to $125,000 worth of gold nuggets. $25,000 worth of gold nuggets? Yes, we're working on it. We're going to have some we're going to have a couple days of seminars, we're going to have a big metal detecting contest. Also in April when we have our show, Robert McDonald has been on your show. He was oh, yeah. on, what, about a month, month and a half ago. Yeah, going on about a month. Right. He's coming to the United States. He will be attending our show here in April. And we are going to set two to three world records in one day. Oh, wow. With Robert's assistance. He's yeah. got over 50 world records. We yeah. want to give him another one. Yeah, if you're going to be trying to set three world records in one day, I wonder if that itself is a world record, especially if you can get one person to do three <laughs> world records in a day. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's one well, of those. We, we're working with Guinness Book of World Records and Ripley's Believe It or Not. The paperwork has been submitted, and we're just waiting for confirmations on and all the guidelines that they're going to have to do it. So, And then we have our big metal detecting hunt in Mancus, Colorado. It'll be the weekend before July 4th. And we're going to have treasure chests. Um, We don't know exactly what hunts we're going to do. We have over 50 hunts in our catalog. And every year we try to pick a different hunt. A couple years ago, two years ago, we did a treasure chest hunt. We had three huge treasure chests full of all kinds of goodies. We had three locks. Each one had its own lock and two keys buried out in the field, along with hundreds of other keys of similar size and shape. Oh, wow. And we buried the keys out in the field. And the first one to bring the key in that opened one of the three boxes the key stayed in there. They put a tag. We put a tag on the top of the box, saying who found it, and they went out and tried to find another key. And and that take, took about a year, about a hour, hour and a half before the first key came in. Yeah, that found the box, and people were coming in with a key, but the key already fit a lock, so they couldn't get that box. So they had to go out and find another key. <laughs> And once all three keys were found, the game was quit. You know, we quit the game, and then we re- revealed what was inside the treasure boxes. Really? And That's one hunt. We, ha- we have flag hunts where we plant flags in the field, and there's two flags that have the same number, one through 50 or one through 100, matters how many people are in the field. Uh-huh. And we plant coins. We plant two coins. So you have to find both coins that correspond to the number of the flag, and then you got to find the flag and bring the two coins in and the two flags, and then you win a prize immediately. We hand you your prize, and you go back out and do it again. That's pretty cool. 
<laughs> and it's a fast-moving game. Yeah, it definitely sounds like a, it. We also do a what we call a speedo hunt, and you could win a one of two gold nuggets. We plant two gold nuggets, and we have coins out there, pennies. When I say go, you go out and you find a penny, you come back, it's got to sit on the table, and you've got to be sitting on the seat, and then I call game. The first one comes in, stays. The next person comes up and runs out, and they we do the same thing. We just keep going two at a time, huh. and we call it a speedo hunt, and it's a fast-acting game. That's actually really Last, fun. Uh, in 2008... My son was in the contest. I was in it. I, I ended up bailing. I just couldn't run anymore. I was wore out. My son ended up winning over $36 in quarters. Oh, wow. And then this last year, we had the contest, and my son split it with another guy, and he got about the same amount of money. Oh, $36 in quarters. That's a couple hours in the video arcade, if there was still one around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We don't have any of those here, but nope. yeah, it's we have all kinds of uh, games we play. In our field in Mancus over here, we have 36 acres of property. On that 36 acres, anybody could go out at any time while we're there. Yeah. Except for our designated hunt fields, and we have planted three coffee cans of relics. Everything from coins to keys, keychains, watches, watch flabs. Uh, you name it, we buried it out in the, out in that area. Yeah. And while we we don't have a hunt going on, anybody's allowed to go out and find that stuff and keep whatever they find. Oh, that's really cool. We that's have, really nice. We already have another coffee can filled right now for next year. And we usually go out a month or two months before the hunt, and we start planting the outer areas and then the inner field. We've planted over 5,000 wheat scent pennies out in our two-and-a-half-acre field already. Yeah, that's fantastic. Over the last four years. So you always got something that you, that you could always go out and uh, metal detect out on that field. Right. And Patrick, and Patrick, I know you're listening. If go out there and they're a Watts member, they can contact the camp, and then the camp will give them permission to go out there and... You know, metal detect anytime they want. You know, you got nothing to do, run out there and metal detect for a couple hours. Exactly. And it's Colorado. It doesn't get much more beautiful than, uh, like I say, than Colorado. Plus, that's where the real cowboys right. come from, all you guys from Texas. Shut it. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of Texas people, Oklahoma, Wyoming, Nevada, California, come out for our hunts, Arizona. Yeah, that a sounds lot of like, people come up for our hunts. So. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, uh, it sounds like something that I know Patrick would definitely do. That, yeah, he would definitely go up there and start burying stuff for you. He's uh, the founder of the Vulcan Treasure Society, and uh, he plants finds for people to find around the world. I've done some here. I think he's got some in Australia, in the United States, and uh, anybody who finds it just gets in contact with him and lets him know. And I think that would yeah. be something he'd really love to do. Well, last year, I've done this now, I've been doing these since about 2005, uh -huh. these type of hunts and seminars and everything else. I used to run a week-long seminar with metal detecting hunts and treasure hunts and gold prospecting hunts and all that. But I've always taken two secrets cans, 
and I put treasures inside the secrets can. It could be a silver dollar. It could be a gold nugget. It could be rings. It could be all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of stuff he does. Yeah. And in the secrets cans, I seal them with black tape. I have a special black tape that I use. Mm-hmm. And I hunt and I seal them and I initial it to say it's my seal on there. And then I plant these out on the property. And I tell people, you know, go out and find these secrets cans. Do not open them. If you open them, it's void. Mm-hmm. And you could bring it in. So then I'll have three big boxes on the table if somebody brings one in you got choice of number one number two or number three do you want to keep the secrets can or do you want to trade it in for one of these boxes metal detecting let's make a deal (laughs) (laughs) and they you know sometimes they'll pick a box sometimes they'll keep their secrets can well Uh if they keep the secrets can we take the box and we auction it off oh wow to the highest bidder yeah and then the highest bidder could open up that box, but they can't show anybody or tell anybody what's in there. Ooh. And then we say to them, okay, if you want to see what this person's got in this box, it costs you a buck. It's a buck to look. <laughs> <laughs> so people will line up and they'll hand the lady at the camp a dollar and they'll look and they'll go, ooh, ah, oh, wow. And then they go sit down. Some people come up and give a $5 look. So they get a little bit longer. We give them maybe two minutes to look at it. Then we take that. And then the person that if they keep that secrets can, then we open it up. Yeah. Same thing. They can't show what's inside there or tell anybody what's inside there. But it costs you a buck to look. <laughs> and we've raised anywhere from... 50 to $75 just on looks. Oh, boy. Right? Yeah. And then if they don't, if um, they want the box and they don't want the secrets can, we auction that off Mm -hmm. and we raise money. So what we do is we take this money, we'll get anywhere from two to $500 by the time all the oohs and ahs and the looks and everything else goes on. And then raffle or auctioning off that particular box. Yeah. We turn around and we hand that camp the money. Oh, that's fantastic. And we say, here, there's $500. These are in the auction and the oohs and ahs. And this goes to the camp. It's a Christian camp. Yeah. They, they cook for us. They have facilities for us to stay in, buildings to, you know, stay in while we're there. Full accommodation, showers, toilets, everything. So we give that back as a donation to the church camp. And, you know, it helps them out throughout the year. Because, you know, camps don't make very much money, especially when they have 15, uh, 500 kids there. You know, a lot of these kids can't afford to go to summer camp, to a Christian summer camp. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of them get scholarships. So we try to help out the camp is our whole thing we've done. Absolutely. Now, Patrick was just noticing that you have birds as well. What's that? You have birds in your home? Yeah, I have two birds in my home. I got two uh, 
Uh, parakeets. Yeah, it's kind of funny because Patrick, who, who uh, is from the Vulcan Treasure Society, he's the one that does the uh, the seeding uh, metal detecting, um, kind of like uh-huh. what you're saying. He also has birds as well, so he he noticed that in your audio. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love birds. I had I had a huge cockatoo and it passed away. A cat killed it. Oh, got geez. into my house and killed it. And- you know, two thousand dollar bird, twenty six years old, is gone. Yeah, that's too so, bad. So I got two parakeets. They're safe. <laughs> They're in the cage. And, <laughs> yeah, I love birds. Yeah. So yeah, that's. Uh, I thought I, my wife really wants to get a bird as well, and uh, we we have three cats, and I'm just kind of worried about that. Maybe after the cats. Well, my my. My cockatoo, I would let him out all the time. He'd fly up on your shoulder. If he didn't want to sit there, he'd go sit somewhere else. If he needed to use the bathroom, he knew where the cage was. So <laughs> never had any problems with him. He was a good talker and a good actor. And I mean, he was just an awesome bird. And my ex-wife's cat got in the house one day and jumped up and grabbed it and broke its neck. So. Oh, and I witnessed it all, and I was heartbroken, and I still am. So, yeah, I bet. And that was four years ago. Yeah, I bet. Well, that's so, too bad. Do you have any? Does anybody have any questions in the chat room about Watts or what we have coming up? I mean, we have such an agenda coming up. Yeah, definitely. Gonna, um, we we have we have a new thing coming out. We will have a newsletter. We're working on it now. It'll be a. The first newsletter that Watts has ever had since 2003. All our members will will get an emailed newsletter to them every month with updates and stories and things that are going on. See, Watts doesn't do only metal detecting. We do treasure hunting. We do geocaching. Uh, we do gold prospecting. We do arrowhead collecting, bottle collecting. And, you know, anything to do with a treasure, if it's a swap meet treasure or going out and finding a $10 million treasure, that's what we specialize in. We have people in our board and in our organization that work with other people. If you have any questions, let's say on geocaching, we have a person that can explain to you how to do the geocaching how to set geocaches out there, how to find them, what to look for, and everything else. Oh, wow. That's that's great. Then, yeah, if anybody has... Nine gold claims here in Colorado this last year. We've got a couple more coming online pretty soon, so our members will be allowed to use those gold claims. Our paid members will have three gold claims up by Silverton, Colorado to use. And you could treasure hunt there. You could metal detect. You could gold prospect with dredges and high bankers, anything you want. Plus, all our properties that we have have camping available right on them. Yeah. You could camp right there. You don't have to drive 30 miles or 100 miles away to find a hotel or anything else. you got a camper or a tent. Pitch it right on the claim. That's one thing that we're trying to work out where we have all camping on our site so you don't have to be worried about moving your equipment every day when you get done or anything else. You could just camp right there. 
Yeah, definitely. Now, anybody who wants to know more, they can go to www.ats.org. That stands for the Worldwide Association of Treasure Seekers. So www.ats.org, and you can find out a lot more information there. Uh, that sounds like a great deal. It sounds like a great bit of fun to actually get out there and and uh, go gold prospecting, be able to go metal detecting, uh we are talking about the Colorado area, so this was the crossroads of America in the 1800s. A lot of wagon trains were coming through this area. Um, I mean, heck, uh, not far from where I used to live up in the Loveland in Fort Collins area. We we got the mountains there, and there were a lot of uh, families lost in that area trying to cross over to the west. So there's a lot of stuff to be found well, in that area. There's a lot of treasures that people don't know about in Colorado. If you look up treasures of Colorado on the Internet, almost every area of Colorado, Utah, and just unbelievable the amount of treasures that are out there. Hidden treasures, lost treasures, found treasures, everything. Yeah, because think it's about just this. A vast, yeah, a vast thing out on the Internet right now with all the treasures in that. Because I mean, you got the fan to... treasure. Every you heard about the fan treasure over in Germany. Man hid two million dollars worth of. There's two one-pound gold nuggets in this box. Gems, <laughs> minerals, coins, gold coins, silver coins. I mean, it's just unbelievable what the man put in this box. Buried oh. north of Santa Fe, New Mexico, United States. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. There's uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's the the fan treasure. Yeah, yeah, in New Mexico. Yeah, Patrick I've been out definitely six times knows about looking it. for it. And uh, Forrest Fan has acknowledged that my partner and I and my two kids have been the closest to it. Really? Yeah. So we're so you're going right back. now. It's right now. The weather won't is not conducive for us to get there where we're looking. Mm-hmm. But come early spring, as soon as all this breaks, we're back on it. Yeah, I would be too, especially if Finn actually said, <laughs> you're the closest, you know, that's that's a lot of money just to be sitting out there. And if, yeah, you know, it's one of those things, well, uh, everyone says that it's, oh, he's just making this up, but he is adamant about this, this being out there. Right. And it's a $2 million treasure. They expect it to be worth about two and a half million by the time somebody finds it and that's within the next year and the price will go up every year of yeah. course yeah based on gold but price, yeah. if i were to take and find it and run it through sotheby's auction it would probably go for about five six million yeah it's uh yeah basically yeah because you have finn seal on there and that shows that it was his and people want a piece of that Right. So what my what my partner and my plans are and my kids, we've already discussed it. There's two one-pound nuggets. He's going to take one, and I'm going to take the other one. Those are ours. There you go. The rest of it's going to go into a museum somewhere on loan for six months to a year. And let's say we find it in Durango, Colorado. It's not in Durango, folks, so don't look in Durango. <laughs> we already know that. It doesn't fit the critique for the treasure itself, but let's say I find it in Durango, Colorado. I will go to the historical society or to the city council and say, here, here's the fan treasure. 
I'm going to give it to you to put on public display for six months to a year. What is that going to do for the city of Durango? That is going to bring in more and more tourists to see this treasure that has been found in that area. Mm. So I'm going to boost up all the the revenue for the local town that I find it near. Yeah, definitely. That's number one. And then number two, it will not go to the Smithsonian. It might go to the New Mexico Museum, one of the New Mexico ones, one of the Colorado ones, whatever state we find it in, it might go to that museum for a few months to build up their revenue dollars. And then that'll give me time to figure out how I'm going to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. If I end, if I, you know, there's no reason to keep things that are priceless. So you might as well put them on public display. And then nice thing about it is if you put it in a museum, they end up insuring it for you. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, true. And nine times out of ten, a museum will pay you to put this on expedition. Hmm. That's a, that's so a good point. There's some treasure seekers out there to think about. You know, you could take it home and hide it and not let anybody know you found it, which a lot of treasure hunters do. But to take it and put it out there in the public is probably one of the best things. Yeah, it definitely is. That's one of my things. I always want to get uh, stuff that I found back into the eyes of the public. I'm American in Germany, but uh, I think it's important to bring the German history back to the Germans, and that's what my main goal is. We're going to go ahead and take a small break for a uh, commercial, let you guys know exactly what's going on with Black Adder, and uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. I am a tool. I am a voice generated from a computer that will break soon. Black Ada shovels are not tools. They are weapons. And the ground is scared of them. Unlike me, they will be around for a long time to come. They are perfectly built. Really unlike me. Perfection. On a new level. www.blackada.com Well, thank you so much, Wayne, for calling in. I'm glad we finally got, a, got to talk with you over WWATS, uh, the Worldwide Association of Treasure Seekers. That's a fantastic organization. Anybody that's up in the Colorado area, make sure you check them out at WWATS.org. And for the meantime, we're going to go ahead and take a call from Patrick White. I know he is just itching to talk about the Finn treasure. Okay, rule number one, there's no alien talks today. All right. <laughs> we were just talking about the Finn treasure, and you obviously know a lot about it. So uh, exactly what do you know about the Finn treasure? Well, I mean, uh, Wayne laid it out pretty nice as to uh, where it is and, and what's in the box and everything, and I guess... Uh, I, I was unaware that uh, it's been acknowledged that he's been the, the, the closest people to the to the treasure box. I have heard him say that maybe somebody was within 500 feet of it or something like that. But uh, wow. I just wanted to uh, to discuss real quick uh, just a kind of a strange uh, connection that I have with uh, with Forrest Fenn that I was unaware of. You know, um, I was going to make a, a video about it. You know, with pictures and things, uh, uh, but my uh, my recording equipment is is just kind of on the on the blink. It's on and off. I I can't trust it, and it's it's just very frustrating. No, that's too bad. So, uh, but anyhow, I um, 
you know, I had heard about him burying that treasure several years ago, and I really didn't think anything much of it other than that it was just pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and then uh, <clears throat> so then I get this sudden urge out of the blue to to start a uh, gold prospecting and and uh, and then it didn't really work out as you can see in my video and then it kind of just led to me being a metal detector guy and then so I'm out in the park and I'm detecting and I figured that I'm going to uh, <clears throat> you know find some stuff and then there's all these holes you know divot holes everywhere and I figured it's just not worth it I just might as well go home and then I just get this sudden urge out of the blue in the park to start burying things. Yeah. And, uh, but little did I know that the park that I was in, you know, or that, that the town that I live in is Temple, Texas. And that's actually where Forrest Fenn grew up. Huh. And that, the, and that the park that I planted my first box, uh, was actually within a stone's throw. I mean, literally you could, you could hit a if there was a golf flag on his father's grave, Marvin. Uh, you could hit it from where I planted my first box. Oh wow! You know, and and so uh, I was at a uh, at a Rotary meeting, or actually it was the Lions Club meeting, and I was uh, uh, giving a presentation there. And then this old guy, his old veteran, comes up to me and he says. Uh, uh, he shows me this picture on his phone, you know, of this old basketball team, all black and white and everything. And there's this guy, you know, all dressed in black, you know, the the old guy, you know, in the back wearing black, it's like a suit, you know, almost looked like a, uh, like a German military suit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he says, you know who that is? And I says, no. And he goes, that's Forrest Fenn's daddy. And that's me. That's me. Number 12 right there. <laughs> And I'm just looking at this young kid, and I was like, "Wow, this this is just amazing," you know. And and so things just started to uh, to come together. Uh, as far as you know, it just it just made me wonder <clears throat> if uh, if like Marvin, you know, had some kind of an angel, you know, that was that was prodding me to to bury the treasure at that point. And so I go and I find his I find his tombstone and stuff. And then there's actually a, uh, there was a red cardinal when I pulled up, actually sitting right on the tombstone. And mm -hmm. it said that uh, that the uh, the cardinal is, uh, when there's a cardinal present, there's an angel present. And so I just thought that that was uh, pretty coincidental as far as all those things go. Yeah. Um, and as, as I was uh, leaving the park uh, that day, I saw a uh, there's there's a cemetery, the cemetery right there the 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 number one they have like a a flagstone uh, tombstone there at the at the entrance and it and it had the name Coley on it and that was kind of weird because it's not a very usual you know common name but it just happens to be my brother's name and so uh, it's just all these all these little coincidences and synchronicities that were adding up that, uh, that just makes me just wonder, you know, and I, I wonder, I can't help also wonder that, that if, if Forrest, um, you know, I, 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 I don't think that he just woke up at 80 years old and decided to start burying treasure. I think that it might've been something 
that it was uh, congenital. You know, he might have just been a barn digger and barrier and searcher, and he might have started burying bones for his dog, you know, when he was a little kid, and it might have expanded from there. So I really wouldn't be all that surprised if there are smaller treasures buried somewhere here in Bell County. Um, unfortunately, the house that he grew up in uh, has burned down, I think, back in the 80s. And all that's left is is just the uh, is just the lot with some grass and a garage, and a boat in the in the driveway. Uh. And uh, and the, I talked to a neighbor there, who was sitting on the porch, and uh, asked her, you know, if anybody has ever metal detected there, and she says, no, they don't allow metal detecting on that particular property. Oh, that's too bad. But but uh, just on the other note, you know, I wanted to uh, to just give a big thanks to Wayne because he's very inspiring. It, you know, I've been I've been kind of frustrated lately, and uh, and because I don't think that there's enough people out there that are seeding. But but after hearing what he said, you know, it um, it's just really a great thing. I think that he's doing, and has given me maybe some new angles because I'm always looking for new angles. I've got some new little, he talked about the Secrets tins. I got the little round ones. I ordered about two dozen of them. And uh, they got the screw caps on them and everything with a a nice little seal on the inside so that the moisture doesn't get in there. And not only that, but I can take the little metal stamps that I have and I can stamp, you know, the Vulcan Treasure Society into the top of the can Mm. uh, so that I don't actually, might even not even need to put a card in there. Because I could even stamp a phone number on there if I wanted. That's true. Um, but I think I think it would be better internet. putting it in because I mean, even if it's tin, I mean, we've seen you know any of us that have been out metal detecting, tin does have a tendency to degrade. It takes a little bit longer than other metals, but it will still degrade. Sure. Yeah, Roger that. And then, but they've also they have a yearly uh, hunt here in uh, in Temple. I think it's called the uh, the Texas Metal Detector Association or something like that. And uh, last year in April, they had a hunt. You had to pay like $160, I think, to go on this seated hunt. And they gave away, you know, many thousands of dollars of metal detectors. And they have the little tokens that you find, you know, with the number on it, whatever number that you get, that's the, that's the item that you get. And then they also had uh, many many uh, silver um, dimes and, and maybe quarters and nickels and things like that that were in the field. So I went back after the hunt and even, you know, a few days later and and found a couple of silver uh, dimes that were, that were still left over that weren't found. And so I'm thinking that this year before the hunt, you know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to see the field with a few of my things here <laughs> And, uh, and won't they be surprised? Luke was, uh, he mentioned that you made a good point about uh, Forrest Finn uh, a little bit ago. Uh, but yeah, he said he saw the stamps and they're a great idea. In fact, uh, Luke is thinking about moving his four burials to make them a little bit more findable for people so that uh, hopefully you'll get some uh, finds out of the UK for you. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, Luke has, has done a great thing. I, I've seen his. Uh, his burials have been very, very nice. You know, he's got the silver goblets. He's uh, his buddy buried some uh, uh, some uh, 
looked like 50 caliber bullet casings. And then there were some other little small gold things that I'm not sure what they were. They looked like some kind of clips or something. Hmm. But that, that those will all make very, very nice finds. Um, and you can just never tell uh, who's going to find something. Uh, one of the last uh, things that somebody found of mine, it was just, uh, it's in a very obscure park. I, uh, I put it in the wood chips. And then uh, the the guy uh, found it, you know, I was just, uh, he contacted me. And I actually got really paranoid because uh, the picture that he took it was real dark and everything looked really rough, you know, because the box had rotted and, you know, I'm, I was, and then, uh, it just looked like a crime scene photo is, is what it looked like to me. And so, <laughs> uh, I was thinking, man, maybe the police found, you know, my, my burial and, uh, but I don't know now that, but he, he did contact me and say that he was happy to find it. And we were supposed to go out for lunch, but I haven't heard from him since. Yeah, and he's uh, he's letting you know that uh, I guess it's the fifty cal bullets or the shell casings that you saw were from His Majesty's uh, ship, the Invincible. I'm guessing World War Two uh, would have been that time frame. Um, yeah, they were really awesome. <laughs> and then. Uh, I think he had also taken a picture of a, uh, uh, looked like a bottle, I think, maybe, that he was going to put something in, maybe throw it in the ocean. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting things mixed up. <laughs> maybe that was me. Yeah, but with with four burials, there's there's definitely a lot of stuff. Um, uh, so Graham Stokes uh, was the one that actually fired them. He was in the Navy at the time, so he fired them from uh, the ship. Yeah, All right, well, then, uh, Lance, I'll step aside and, and, and let the next guest come on. I appreciate you letting me be here. Love GDA. Thank you, uh, and we love you. In a couple of weeks, we'll be able to talk to, to Dave, too. Yeah, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have the whole team back in, so uh, we'll definitely be able to talk. All right, take care, brother. Yeah, you too. I'm going to go ahead and call up uh, our next guest, Scott Dubay and his wife, Kimmy. They were out metal detecting, and... Uh, Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, finally. Sorry, I'm having an issue with Facebook and trying to get this microphone to work on Facebook. It's not your problem, it was mine. Well, you know the technology today. Yeah. You know. We get higher and higher technology, but everything gets worse and worse. Until finally the robots take over the planet and we all die a horrible death. That's it. <laughs> hello. Well, hello. Yeah, hello, Kimmy. I'm glad to finally get you guys both on the show. So you guys out uh, running around. So I need to find out exactly who won today. Me, of course. <laughs> this is uh, uh, husband and wife metal detecting team. This is Scott and Kimmy Dubay. I believe that's how it's pronounced, Dubay. That's correct. Okay, out of Wales. In fact, they were out, uh, looked like it was above a river somewhere near the ocean, uh, metal detecting today as well. Yeah, we were uh, on the on the coast in South Wales in uh, Cardigan Bay. Yeah. Uh, just hopping around uh, some fields between, in this little town between a couple of Norman castles. Oh, jeez. Which was absolutely fantastic, you know? That sounds beautiful. You can't beat it. Uh, the photographs were absolutely breathtaking. All it was is just rolling green with the water and just beautiful, clear sky today. Yeah, man, just fresh, fresh, salty air. You know, oh. there was a lot. There's a lot of uh, history going on in the area. And we're just trying to find find out what's in the ground. You know. Yeah, 
Now, uh, the, the fields that you guys, that you started off on today is one of the fields that you actually love. You found hammered coins dating all the way back to the, the 1300s coming off of that field? Yeah, I actually found my uh, my first whole hammer coin. It came out in great condition. You know, I'm absolutely amazed. I, I went around the whole field. It took me like 40 minutes, not a single signal. And I hit this little plateau, um, um, and all of a sudden I, I got a banger. And there, and there she was. She popped out. I was just, I was just totally blown away. Absolutely astonished. Absolutely fantastic. That's got to be something. I mean, I, I just don't get stuff like that over here. Uh, the earliest I've got is a 1500 now. And uh, but being able to find hammered coins that can date back so far. I mean, even to the Roman periods, I just can't even imagine. It is, it is amazing. Uh, I'm 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 blown away. You know, I'm I'm from the states, but I never I never detected in the states. I started detecting when I came over here. Yeah. And I guess you know, look looking at it now in in the bigger perspective of everybody detecting, um, if I was in America and, and you know you guys want to come over here to see it, I guess I'm living the dream so to speak, and I didn't even know it. You know, I just took it as I'm just going out metal metal detecting and. Uh, there's so much history. It goes back thousands of years, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's what I love about Germany as well. Uh, I mean, I haven't been able to break too far back uh, living over here in uh, Germany. But, uh, you know, just the fact that I find all these relics that are coming out of the ground. and uh, But to be able to find that one coin that's, you know, for me, 1535 or for you, 1300, it just really puts everything into perspective of, of the dates and the times that you're looking at and, for me, it's the fact that I'm holding something in my hand that the very last person who held this held it in such high esteem that this coin might have provided food and sustenance for them for months or even a year, and then I found yeah, it on the ground. I'm sorry. It could have been like a monthly salary for somebody, you know, exactly. working in a factory. Exactly. A friend of mine, a friend of mine um, about two months ago, he found a 10 uh, Kreutzer coin. And uh, so we were trying to figure exact figure out exactly what a ten kreutzer would have been in the 1760s, from when uh, the time was that this one was made. And a ten kreutzer right. would have paid uh, rent on a house for an entire year, or it'd been one sixth of the cost of a horse. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. You know, I actually found a kreutzer here. Uh, I think it's silver. Now you're saying it's ten. Maybe it's ten. Maybe it's not silver. But I did find a kreutzer here. In, in Wales, believe it or not. Really? Uh, usually the Kreutzer, the Kreutzer ended around uh, 18, I think it was 1808, 1809. And um, usually the one, two, th- no, excuse me, the three, five, and ten Kreutzer were all silver. Yeah, Deutschland is sehr gut. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it over here. <laughs> so when we find quite um, quite a lot of different silvers. Um, American dime. Yeah. We found. Um, yeah, we found uh, an American seated uh, Liberty dime yeah, over here. Over we? here, yeah. In the middle of nowhere, oh. absolutely nowhere. In the middle, of, you know, in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere. And we thought it was quite bizarre because him, Scott, being American, and actually find American dime here. Yeah. Um, Henry the Eighth, um, hammered coin. Oh jeez. Um. So so there's not. There's not as much, in Wales. There's not as much that that there is in London. No. London's got that rich. Do you know what I mean wherever you go, it's a Saxon coin or Roman, it's a hammer? Yeah. Do you know what I mean here in Wales, we have to work for it, proper work for it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's and it's just like, like a whole day digging, 
before you find anything. And then all of a sudden, bang, there you have that silver, you have that hammy or, do you know what I mean? But it's fantastic. We absolutely love it. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. We, we, do, we do this little town. Um, it's actually got a Norman castle right in the middle of the town. And it's it's way out. You know, there's, there's just castles are just like spotted here and there and there. But we actually got all these fields and all these farmers. Uh, we got their permission to go all the way around the castle. So we're hitting all these fields around the castle. And there's a road that goes from one castle to the other castle. Um, and, and it's where all the chapels were. So what we're doing is we're just we're going from field to field to field to field. We're just trying to find that one field that's a hot spot. And I we, we think we found a market field uh, is what we're hitting now. Um, and it's only taken us, you know, three quarters of a year to find a field like this. So we're yeah. just going to start hammering it. Well, yeah. Yesterday we found, I found four um, teardrop bag seeds with the crown on it with the with numbers on it. It's absolutely the, this, the condition of coming out in is fantastic. Yeah, it's right. coming from all eras: the Tudor, the Georgian, the Victorian. It's all you know. What I mean, like you said, the history just goes back and back, and you know we're finding it. And you're, you're really yeah. in Wales. I mean, really in Wales. I mean, people. I mean, just like now, you just said that you uh, were metal detecting between two Norman castles, and you're in a very highly disputed area because you had the Romans that were coming through there, you had the Normans that were in there, you had the the Picts that were fighting for the area. You guys were quite literally on the yeah. borders of most of the battles that were going on in the United Kingdom at that time. Um, in fact, it was even the English versus the Welsh for quite a while as well. And that's exactly why the Welsh still remain uh, autonomous to this day. That's, right. yeah, that's very true. We, we um, you know, I'm just saying about the castle again, we actually have exclusive permission on a, a battlefield where the Welsh fought the Normans. The Normans actually came out of the castle to meet the Welsh people. And there's this famous little battlefield going on and, uh, it's one of his like twelve fields, and we're trying to find that one field where the actual battle took place. But it's it's definitely on his farm, so we're looking forward to that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. Uh, I'm going to be flying over to the UK to meet up with Scott and Kimmy now, so we'll talk to you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Come on over, man. Come you on know? over. You're more welcome. Do we can have a place to stay? Do we can wipe dig in? We tell everybody, "Come on over, spare yeah. room upstairs." You know, me and the There's wife. One of these- one of these days, me and the wife are coming over to the UK. We're both going to bring our detectors, and we're going to go down the East Coast, come back back up the West Coast, and then back over to London and fly out. So that's fine. I'd love to go. I'd love to go over to the East Coast myself. A lot of action going over there. Yeah, I got to go meet my friend uh, Bob Hope over there. I know he's listening in right now, and uh, going to definitely hook up with him. We're going to go do some beach hunting, and then I'm going to go down to the South. Got a couple friends down there, right where the Normans actually came into England. Uh, wow. And then uh, going to come back up to the other side. Hi, Bob. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Anybody <laughs> anybody in the UK, please feel free to get in touch with each other. Um, I'm sure that everybody would love a little bit of cross-sharing uh, to metal detect. I wish I had that opportunity over here. I invite everybody I know to come metal detect with me. Well, quite a lot of um, the UK DF are in London based in that area. So we've actually invited yeah. um, the UK DF to come up. It doesn't matter how many they are, they come up and crash in our house. <laughs> don't mean, and then we can go out metal detecting all weekend. Well, don't mean, so you're more than welcome. Open house. Absolutely. And I hope there's a pub down the street because uh, I definitely got to take in the, the, the sights. 
Yeah, the sights of the the, the taps being pulled. <laughs> uh, just a second. Uh, Patrick, Patrick White, please uh, write Wayne at nuggetbrain1 at msn.com. Uh, he's asking for you to uh, get in touch with him. That's nuggetbrain1 at msn.com. But anyway, uh, I'll edit that out of the uh, edited show that will be coming out next week. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. So, Kimmy, I wanted to uh, – I got actually a question for you. Um, Luke wants me to ask you if you've driven into any ditches lately. <laughs> Did he tell you what happened? No, not a clue. You just told me to ask you the question. <laughs> <laughs> we were at metal detecting, so – where I parked and we was on a nice country road oh. and Scott here decided, oh, I'm going to go and look at the horses. So I was kind of tired. So I get in the van and I thought I would drive up to pick Scott up. But the English don't build the roads properly. <laughs> <laughs> and there was this huge, I didn't see it because it was behind the bushes. And there was this huge dish, <laughs> ditch. And my van just went sort of, Oops, down the ditch. Oh, and I sort of sat in the car and I thought, oh, my good God, what am I going to do? <laughs> Tell me, but, yeah, I, I crashed my, my brand-new fan oh. into a ditch in Essex on the dig, and I wasn't happy. Yeah. But she was okay. We pulled her out, and um, <laughs> she was drivable. Oh, well, was. I'm glad nothing really big happened. Everybody was safe. Oh, but that's that's just got to be frustrating. Luke, you're evil making fun of that. <laughs> I actually thought it was quite funny, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, we, we, it was supposed to be a three-day dig, and everybody took off on the second day, and it was uh, just a couple, couple of us left. And uh, so so we made the call, and uh, Niall come over, and, uh, and Freddie in the van and uh i just happened to have a rope in the back and they pulled us out of the ditch and and that saved the day thank oh, goodness there are a couple of them left over there yeah yeah fantastic niles a good guy i know him as well yeah niles awesome that's yeah. why you should always take a rope with you when you go metal detecting <laughs> now uh what what brought you guys into metal detecting to begin with uh and how long have you been doing this now Oh well, I'll I'll tell you a little bit. Um, I was actually shopping in in this town I live in, and I was going through the charity shops, and, and I actually seen a metal detector for sale in the back room. And uh, I asked the, the the clerk how much it, it was, and uh, he said it was like thirty, and it didn't work. And I left the store and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a really good metal detector. And he said it didn't work, so I said, well, I can't pay you thirty for a metal detector. I'll give you fifteen for a metal detector, fifteen. You know, pounds, whatever, twenty dollars. Uh-huh. And uh, I brought it home, cleaned up the battery um, terminal, popped some batteries in, turned right, turned it on. There it was. So I, I started passing my time doing that. Um, there's really not much else to do out here, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. And it rains all the darn time. <laughs> so anyway, after a while, Kimmy started seeing me bringing home coins and stuff, you know. And then uh, I, uh, for her birthday, I went and I got her a metal detector. I got her a little Garrett Ace two fifty. Oh. And uh, she's she's been hooked ever since. Can you want to chime in on that? Yeah. A bit? Well, I actually had a stroke in November, um, a couple of months previous um, to January, and um, they were asking me to do rehabilitation to get back the strength in my right arm. Yeah. Um, and I had to go to that. Well, 
watching Scott doing the metal detector and I thought to myself, well, do you know what I mean? It's exercise and plus, do you know what I mean? It would get my strength back in my right arm. So, um, like Scott said, do you know I mean? He bought me the metal detector for my birthday in January. Um, I started going out metal detecting and my arm started getting stronger. Mm. And when I went back to the hospital, the hospital asked me, how did you get the strength back in your arm so quick? And I says, well, I'm out swinging. And the, well, the look that I got I mean, when I said, and I mean, it was like, pardon? <laughs> Do you know I mean? So I explained to them what swinging was, obviously metal detecting. So from then, they were really surprised because for a month, you're not allowed to drive. You're not allowed to do anything um, besides from rehabilitation. Yeah. Um, and within a month, I was back driving my car, do you know what I mean? I'm back, everything back to normal just through metal detecting. Do you know what I mean? So to me, I love it. I'm just now, I'm the one who says to Scott, right, come on, get up, let's go, let's go. He goes to work and I'm away metal detecting. Do you know what I mean? So absolutely love it. So, I mean, so he'll phone me lunchtime. Where are you? Metal detecting. Yeah. Where are you? Metal detecting. Do I mean? But yeah, do I mean? so to me, in a way, I think, thank God for metal detecting, because it was a great way for me to get my, my, or my whole strength back in my arm and my body. Yeah. Do you know yeah. I mean? So, yeah. And I, sp- I suppose in a way as well, do I mean? It's mind over matter. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. really true. Um, Metal detecting, in a way, is a very therapeutic uh, hobby, and a lot of people don't realize this. And then the ones who do realize how well it is is people like yourself, like myself, a couple other people that I know um, who use it for therapy in one way or another. For you, it's a physical therapy. For me, it's a mental or uh, a mental therapy, and um, mm. it really helps. It really does help. Um, I'm just glad that people are seeing exactly how important this is as a therapeutic, um, I guess you could say a therapeutic means for people to actually go out and do because being out there alone, like in the middle of a field or someplace like where you guys were today, that to me is the dream. That is the beautiful location, just being isolated out there, finding history and just being in my thoughts just absolutely beautiful. And for yeah, and just you just get getting out and being there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a mental stability, isn't it? Do you mean it's just gets you? It's got so many more pros than cons. I mean, even in if you look at it at this angle, if you if you got a young kid um, that was troublesome in his life, you got him in a metal detecting, you get him off the street, you get him in the field. You know what I mean? <clears throat> There's so many variables involved in, in into the pros in this in this uh, hobby. It's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like you said, mental, both mental and physically. Do you know what I mean it just it just has you there? Do you know what I mean it's it's that excitement? Do you know what I mean of getting out? Do you know what I mean and for me, it was knowing that I'm getting my strength back. Do you know what I mean I'm getting back to my normal self? Do you know what I mean? And it was just that whole thrill of knowing I'm becoming normal again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, I suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, um, and for uh, another friend of mine in the UK as well, in Ireland, he uses it for the exact same thing. Uh, he's in the UK, but he was in Northern Ireland uh, during the, the 
fighting that was going on back in the 70s. Right. Um, right. And even Richard Krunkmeyer, he uses it as a stress relief as well. Uh, for everybody, it has some kind of a therapeutic thing. And for other people, it's just going out and finding history. Like Wayne, he loves just finding the history and sharing it with others. So, yeah. In in every yeah. in everybody's way, it is a therapeutic means. Mm. It's got it's got so many positives to it. Do you know what I mean? Like you said, do you know what I mean? It's got that one. It's got that mental side of it. Two. It's got the physical side of it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And as well, do you know what I mean? Instead of going to the gym and pumping pumping weights and running on a treadmill for forty five minutes, go out and swing a metal detector for goodness' sake. You're yeah. just do, you're doing the same amount the exercise if not more by swinging and digging yeah but running on a treadmill to me sounds like torture anyway I, I, you're not <laughs> yeah, gonna get me on degree. one of those yeah. you're not gonna find any nice coins either <laughs> exactly <laughs> you might get me running if you dangle a piece of cake in front of my face but that's about it yeah you know you know that's what i'm saying that's true that's true but, but yeah and so Sorry. you guys are a part of the UK dirt fishing team, UKDF, correct? Yeah. And uh, yeah. they can definitely, anybody can get in touch with you guys through that. Yeah, we've actually got our own metal detecting page, um, which is Gareth Ace Metal Detectors. Oh, that's right. I um, wanted to actually bring yeah. it up. I have it written here on the board. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, Scott, Scott and Kimmy Dubay from the Garrett Ace Metal Detectorist. Um, in fact, yep. earlier in the show today, uh, I played again uh, Scott talking about the, the Mass Double D 13.5 inch coil from Garrett. Um, I played that again today. Scott likes his double Ds. I do. <laughs> I do. And the 13.5 is really big. I like big double Ds, if you don't mind me saying so. But um, we, we like, we, we're really happy to be part of the UK dirt fishing mm. uh, group. Uh, we'd like to uh, represent the UK dirt fishing yeah, as definitely. like the, the the Welsh sector, so to speak. Yeah. Well, for me, it's a mere Welsh. If you know what I mean. Um, a mere Welsh? What's that? American Welsh? Welsh? Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? But uh, we'd like to uh, hopefully get a couple digs going out here and have a little UK dirt fishing base yeah. camp Welsh style. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, of, course you're, of course, you're invited if you get over here, you know? Well, I'm not too far yeah. away. Eventually, one of these days, I'll make it over to the UK. You know, that's, us Jamaicans need to meet up with the uh, Welsh Americans or the Amerwelsh. Jamaicans. That's a good one, I like that one. <laughs> But yeah, you definitely have to get over there. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, see, Luke wanted me to make sure that I mentioned the Garrett Ace Metal Detectorist. So, uh, yeah, check him oh. out on Facebook. Uh, definitely look up there. Um, Garrett Ace Metal Detectorist on Facebook. Uh, Wayne says Yeah, that. basically, the reason we started that group was, I'll tell you why, because when I first started Metal Detector, I didn't know what end was up on this on this stick. That made a lot of noise. You know what I mean? So yeah. when it came to the ace, what I ended up doing, what do you do? You look online for things, right? So, you know, there's so only so much you could read in blogs. Um, but I started going to little groups and stuff. And I just wanted to give back what uh, what I learned from other people yeah. and just like kind of centrified this genre of metal detectors, just the Garrett Ace. 
So because if people have questions, they can come here. You know, they want to share their experience. They can do it here with the amateurs and newbies, you know. And that's yeah. how that all started, you know. And it's been taken off. It's quite successful. And it's a really fun, fun place to be. Yeah, thanks to UK Dirt Fishing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, UK Dirt Fishing and GDA, we're extremely close together. Uh, me and uh, me and Luke and actually Dave Sadler as well from Archaeology and Metal Detecting Magazine, uh, we're really tight, and uh, we yeah, great you know, guys, yeah, Luke, great guys, yeah, yeah. We definitely love each other, and uh, we try and share the love between all the groups and everything. And that's how I found out about you two. Uh, Luke came to me about you guys. Actually, about two weeks yeah. ago, I heard about Scott for the first time, and then I started looking up the Garrett Ace Metal Detectorist, which I am actually a part of. I was just looking, and. Um, Awesome. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely be looking you guys up more often. Just looking at the time, I didn't know I was yapping this long. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you want to see, uh, I mean, we actually have a YouTube channel as well. It's uh, Huntress Kimmy and Cloud Hopper Scott. Uh, we've got like 30, 40 videos on there of us out doing this metal detecting here in the fields, finding silvers, finding hammers, everything you can imagine that I was telling you about between the two castles. That's where it all takes place. Well, you can check that out, too, if you'd like. I am typing it in right now. Huntress, Kimmy, and Cloudhopper Scott. You are... Hey, what do you know? There we are. You are subscribed. Hey, look, I'm number 69. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, um, I think it's a... It, we have to... It is a big thank you to Luke, do you know I mean? Because it was Luke that sort of... Um, we done our first rally... With Luke, yeah, with UK Fishing. Um thoroughly enjoyed meeting all the guys. I mean, they were so hilarious. Um, Freddie with his sombrero hat, and it was a really good weekend. I mean, we had loads of fun with Luke, and it was lovely. They actually put faces to names as well. Do I mean? So I think, in a way, do I mean it was Luke and UK Fishing that really set us off to start up the Garthias Metal Detecting Group. Yeah, yeah, when we were young amateurs, I mean, what was that, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago, we joined Luke's group, UK Dirt Fishing, when there was only like two, 300 members in it. We just watched it grow, and we've grown with it, and we've had a lot of fun, and, you know, everybody's just, like like you said, it's just a nice little network that everybody's got going on here, and it's great to make friends. Uh, it's nice to meet you today as well, so looking forward to the future uh, of that. So, awesome. Oh, awesome yeah, everywhere. Okay. Definitely be hitting you guys up again later on. Find out exactly how it's going in the future, how your hunts are going on. And, uh, you know, one of these days, me and the wife will come out and we'll get a little competition out on one of these fields. <laughs> yeah, it'll be kind of like a very a competitive double date. I'm competitive. Exactly. Yeah, I'm competitive anyway. <laughs> I take the mickey out of the boys. Do you know what I mean? I really do. And they hear it. They absolutely hear it. If I'm in a field, we went in, we went in there. I have to tell you this one. We were in one field one day, and rather than walking around and getting into the next field, there was sort of like a bush that we could all squeeze through. Uh-huh. So we've squeezed through this bush, and the minute I've got over to the other side of the field, I started swinging. Bing, 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 bing. Dig it out, and it was a lovely. What silver was it? Was Charles I silver. Charles the first silver. 1600s. You know that's that's what that's what we get for chivalry. You know, ladies first, and we let her through the bush first, and she comes out, she pulls up the silver instead. <laughs> oh, well, they were fuming, but I love it. Yeah, I mean, totally love it. Sounds yeah. beautiful. 
Man, I'm going to have to get out. You know, I wanted to go out hunting today, but the snow started coming down. We're almost at four inches now, and just would have been too much to actually try and trudge through that with my little dog. So I gave up. Yeah, take a break. I'm doing a podcast. Forget about the walk. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is more fun. This is totally off the hook today. This is not our to- typical type of podcast. We're just shooting, uh, you know, shooting it by ear as it went today. Everything turned out great. Had some great guests. You guys coming on. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, having fun. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, but uh, I want to go ahead and thank you and uh, the lovely Kimmy for coming on to the show. Um, they, uh, You guys are absolutely great. And uh, following you guys hunting out there today with the wonderful, wonderful uh, views that you guys were sharing with me it just made me extremely jealous while I was sitting on my reclining chair trying to edit a video. Uh, that was the whole point. That's why we did it. <laughs> That's why we did it. I know. <laughs> give, a little, give a little taste of what you get to look forward to when you get over here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Just bring your recipes. <laughs> <laughs> I will. And for Wayne Peterson, thank you so much. Uh, make sure you check them out at www.ats.org or you can... Uh, you can uh, email him at nuggetbrain1 at msn.com. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, real soon. As far as you, Scott and Kimmy, stay on the line real quick. And uh, I'll get you the information for uh, Wayne over to you. And as far as everyone else, thank you for paying attention to my boring Bye, quiz. guys. Happy hunting. And we're going to see you guys in a couple weeks with Dave and Mike back. And uh, the shows will be back on as usual. And we're going to have our great Christmas episode. And uh, until we see each other out on the fields, let's dig it up, y'all. Get up. Yeah. <laughs> as fragrant as detecting and digging up a sewer line. This is the GDA Radio Podcast. Helping XP users create an even better and more personal experience out on the fields using the XP Deus. Head on over to xp-detectors.co.uk and visit the classroom and find out exactly all the settings and everything else that you can do to the XP Deus and learn how to use the XP Deus to its full potential. Our buddy XP Gary, he's the one giving a lot of the classes over there, and I guarantee you're going to love it. So head on over to xp-detectors.co.uk and find out exactly how you can get more from the XP Days. Or if you should buy one for yourself, I guarantee this is going to be something you're going to want to check out. This has been a production of the GDA Podcast Network.